I'd like to welcome all of you to worship this day as we celebrate together Christ the King Sunday. This is the last Sunday in our church year. Next Sunday starts the beginning of Advent, which is the new year for us in our church life. And so as we celebrate this Christ the King Sunday, we are going to be kind of traveling through the church year, reminding us of where we've been and a little bit reminding us of where we will be heading again. And I will um, offer a, a brief reflection since this will be a little bit of a longer service. But let us uh, worship together Christ, our King, our unexpected King, and let us travel again this church year together. Today we gather to worship Jesus Christ. He is the only King of the entire creation. Christ is the Lord of all things. He is the Lord of all seasons. He is the Lord of all time. To him belong all the fish in the sea, the birds of the air, and people of the earth. Christ is the Lord of all things. He is the Lord of all seasons. He is the Lord of all time. In our worship today, we recount God's mighty acts throughout time and history. Christ is the Lord of all things. He is the Lord of all seasons. He is the Lord of all time. Let us praise God to whom belongs all honor and worship and glory. Christ is the Lord of all things. He is the Lord of all seasons. He is the Lord of all time. Our first church season is Advent, which we will begin again next Sunday. A reading from Isaiah, the 40th chapter. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the desert in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We move into our Christmas season, a reading from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the, in the inn. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We move now to Epiphany, that time where the three wise men or the three magi come to see the newborn baby king. A reading from Matthew, the second chapter. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? 
for we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. They set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stay in the time of Epiphany for a couple of weeks before we transition into Lent, that time where we are reminded of our own mortality, the realities of sin in our lives and in our world, and our need for God's deliverance. A reading from Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only the Lord. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We now move in to Easter, when we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and his triumph over death, the freedom that we experience knowing that death no longer has a hold over our lives. A reading from Luke. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to the rest. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now we enter into that season of Pentecost, 
the time where we remember the the advent the beginning if you will of the early church where the holy spirit came and rested on the disciples and they were sent out into the world to tell the world of the good news of jesus's life death and resurrection a reading from acts the second chapter when the day of pentecost had come they were all together in one place And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, smoke and mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We move now into our ordinary time, the longest stretch of the seasons of the church year. It's where we hear about most of Jesus's miracles and are reminded that Christ is with us and God has value in our ordinary days and in our ordinary lives. A reading from John, the 15th chapter. I am the true vine and my father is the vine grower. The father removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, God prunes it to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers, and such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And finally, we reach our Christ the King reading for this day. A reading from Luke, the 23rd chapter. 
When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, you will be with me today in paradise. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So for Christ the King Sunday, we jump ahead in our lectionary readings to the passion narrative of whichever gospel we are reading. And this year, we happen to be reading about their crucifixion from Luke's perspective. And isn't it a little odd that on Christ the King Sunday, we typically read about Jesus being mocked for a supposed being mocked for being a supposedly poor king, because here he is, this king, dying the most shameful death on a cross. In biblical times, if a king or a leader of a movement was killed, that was the end of the work of that person. When a king was killed, a new king or emperor took over, and the people automatically became citizens and subjects of their new ruler and must swear all allegiance to them. If a leader of a movement was killed, that was supposed to be the end of that movement. The followers would see what happens when they try and fight the status quo and know that this same fate would befall them if they continued. Perhaps this doesn't sound too different from what happens in our world today. However, for Jesus, we know that this ends up not being true. Death was not enough to stop Jesus' message about the radical love of the kingdom of God. Last week, we talked about how Jesus was not the Messiah the people of his day were expecting, and often isn't the Messiah we are expecting either. And on Christ the King, we encounter this same unexpectedness. First and foremost, the unexpectedness of God in Jesus Christ on the cross dying for God's people. Then the unexpectedness of Jesus forgiving the people who are killing him while he is in the midst of pain we cannot comprehend. And then the unexpectedness of Jesus forgiving the two criminals next to him. Even in his last moments, Jesus is still loving and teaching the world about the kingdom of God. We have traveled through this church year together both right now, today, as we read about the different seasons, but also we have traveled it together week in and week out since the first Sunday in Advent last year, and we are preparing to start again next week. 
And through all of the seasons, we are reminded of how God is always doing something unexpected and new in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God invites us into that newness each and every day. The church year is designed to help us live into God's radical and unexpected love for the world in Jesus Christ. Advent has us begin our new year by waiting, which when something new is happening in our lives, waiting is usually the last thing we are doing. We are busy preparing all those last minute details, but in the new year of Advent, God unexpectedly says, wait. Wait and trust and rely on God, not on ourselves. This turns us to our Christmas season where we see that God has not been born among the wealthy and powerful as many might expect their King and Messiah to be, but instead Jesus is born among the humble and lowly, pointing us to God's love for those who have been cast out and cast down. In Epiphany, God continues to surprise us in the way that God makes God's self known to the world in Jesus Christ particularly with the, me- with the message that Jesus, the Messiah, is for all of the world, not just a particular group of people. Lent is a time to be aware of our own mortality and the realities of sin in the world and our desperate need for God's action in Jesus, all of which goes against what we have been told about self-reliance and how to avoid death. Easter brings the best unexpected news that Jesus is alive and that death is not the end and there is no place God has not journeyed with God's people to. Pentecost gives us that unexpected gift of the Holy Spirit to share the good news of Jesus Christ with all the world. That unexpected gift that we are called to do this no matter what it may cost us. And our ordinary time, those days between Pentecost and Advent, are the unexpected reminder that Jesus is with us in our everyday life and our everyday life matters to the kingdom of God. Finally, we culminate the church year with Christ the King Sunday, where we look around at all of this unexpectedness and say, this is our God. This is our King. This is our Savior. And God has not only done the expected thing for the world and for you by having Jesus die on the cross to redeem all things back to God, but God's unexpected love for you and Jesus is for you and with you at all times for all days. And each day of every year, We tell that story of unexpected love in different ways throughout the different seasons, but all with the same message. God's love in Jesus for you and for the world changes everything, is always enough, always more than we can imagine, and will always come to us in the ways we least expect it. Amen. We'll continue with the hymn, Be Thou My Vision. And as always, I invite you to sing along.
Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray together as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. 
Amen. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. And we go in peace to share the good news. Thanks be to God.